Good morning, everyone. Good morning and welcome back. Steve's throwing me off first thing in the morning. I'm looking at my levels, Stephen. They're all over the place again. Um, welcome back to the Portugal podcast. My name is Michael Bath. Steve is here on this sunny Sydney morning. Your level is my fine. My monotone post. level. My monotone Mon- level is pretty much the same tone all the time. No one ever says that you're monotone, Steve. You know that. No everyone one ever does. says that. No, they don't. Well, Who everyone out there is a lot more polite than my circle of friends. There. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? I'm cooking. It's fucking hot in here. I'm sitting in this room and the sun streams through these um, full glazed door things. But because um, my wife and two kids are here, I have to close the door and I get no air conditioning, no nothing. So I'm literally roasting. Yeah, the joys of um, the joys of podcasting means that you cannot have um, air conditioning on or fans blowing because it'll pick it up in the recording. Um, anyone I actually done have it? a fan blowing, by the way. Steve has a fan, but you've got a very expensive fan. If I put my fan down here, you'd hear it. You've probably got right. a Dyson or something, right? I do have an old Dyson. I like how you throw old. <laughs> Just, yeah, it I've is got old. Old one. I've got a I'm Porsche, old. but I've got an old one. <laughs> this. This Dyson, you know, like how he kind of rubber coated, like um, all of his products, and it, it's just like the switches on your um, on your nine nine seven and stuff. Oh, really? I've I've sort of come to believe that Dyson stuff is very overrated, including the vacuum cleaners. I like the vacuum cleaners. I'm a fan, I especially ditched, when you we ditched use, ours. Really? We switched no. to a Mille, yeah. No, well, the Mille is Mille is pretty good too, but it's got a bag, right? Nope. Oh, it's Everyone's bagless. copied. Yeah, everyone's copied James Dyson stuff, so. <laughs> We're going to talk about vacuum cleaners like we talked about QR codes, just to polarize, yeah, yeah. polarize the new listeners of the podcast. Soon we'll talk about Warhorse a little bit more. Um, Warhorse, great, great play. Anyway, Steve, let's talk about yes. a couple of things. First, I want to address an issue, an issue that I had last week with the podcast, Friday's episode. Um, Podbean, uh, Podbean is the... Uh, feed the host of this podcast, the people I pay the money to uh, every year to put the podcast up. Um, There was some glitch on Podbean last week. Um, You told me, Steve, you know, about four days later or whatever. I don't know what when it was you told me. Um, Yeah, it was Sunday, Sunday, Yeah, and David told me as well from Owner Story, so thank you, David. Yeah, so when I put these podcasts up, I checked the the, um, original file to make sure it's okay. I have a quick listen to it, but I edit everything, right? It takes me about three, three to four hours to do it. Three and a half hours. Uh-huh. Um, for some reason, I kind of glanced on the time when it was uploaded. You know, it doesn't really... F- when you upload a file, it doesn't... If it finishes, it should be the whole file should be uploaded. For some reason yep. with Podbean, I uploaded the file, it finished. I looked at the time and it said one oath. I saw the three on the end and I thought it was one minute 13. It was one minute and three. And somehow mm-hmm. it just cut the last 10 minutes off of the file. Oh, was it 10 minutes it was missing? Okay. Yeah, 10 minutes. And that, that basically went out... That feeds it out podbean feeds it out to all the other people apple google and everything but it starts at podbean that's where we was that the best it. 10 minutes of your podcasting career that got well, it's kind out? of a bit odd because it was our recommendations and stuff i think david said i mean i look i listened to it and it's like it was just annoying because i couldn't work out what was going on because i listened to the original file and i'm thinking what's steve talking about it works and then of course mm. i go on and I look at the time the time code and it's like oh, i just lost 10 minutes um, right. So I re-uploaded it. It's all okay now. So if anyone listened to that episode and thought it finished very abruptly, uh, it did, uh, but it's fixed now. I thought Steve. it was my phone that cut out. Damn, I was going to recycle my recommendation. Really? It's already there, yeah, I think. Yeah, my recommendation from last week, this week. No, you can't. You can't. People would have heard oh, it. 
you become <laughs> repetitive. You can't do that, Steve. It's too much competition, you know. It's what people say to me now. It's too much competition out there. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about everything. Uh, let's talk about your seatbelt. Uh-huh. Common problem on the 997. You've had one seat done already a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and you had to get the other one done. Anyone that doesn't know the Try story, done. you got it fixed yep. very quick, easy. Yep, yep. Auto House looked after me. Um, uh, it was expensive. I won't say how much, um, but it wasn't like a few hundred dollars. <laughs> but it, it was between five and a grand, which I don't know. To me, it's just one of those things where you kind of go, look, you know, part of it is because I'm an old, grumpy old fuck, basically, and I can remember when things with Porsches were a lot cheaper. But, you know, when you kind of have to pay a bill for your car but you feel like you don't get anything out of it like it's a grudge purchase because you have to kind of spend you know x amount of dollars but it was just like sheer maintenance and there's nothing enjoyable about it at all it's one of those (laughs) yeah and people say you know how can you spend so much for a service you know you can change your oil yourself yourself and whatever but you take your car in even for a minor service right even for the annual service the oil change i don't know why every time you leave there and you drive out you know, you drive out of Water House and you drive down that road back to, you know, yeah. the city. Your yep. car feels better. You feel, okay, yep. that was that was $700 well spent. It feels better. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? And Great. it does. And you're right. Great. You get these little tiny things fixed. It's like when I got my plastic under tray replaced because I thought I just should do it. And yep. that wasn't a lot. It was 400 bucks or whatever. But, but the thing is you get no joy <laughs> out of it. It's like I can't I see it. I can't even get underneath my car to see it. I don't have a jack, you know, yep. so it's like... Okay, I I know it's there because I saw the new one when I went in there and they put it on, but I didn't yep. see the you know, and it's like mm, okay, it's weird, isn't so, it? And sorry, I'm not slagging. I'm not slagging Auto House. I think it's just this psychological thing where there are just those little bills that well, not so little bills. There are these bills that you pay and you seemingly get absolutely diddly squat satisfaction, whatever out of it. And then finally, I think I joked to you and Mark, I was like, yeah, it makes me want to go out and buy headers for my car or something. <laughs> you want to go and buy something fun. You want to buy something yeah, fun. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I guess that's what's the good part, though. That's like when you get everything done at once, even though the bill is big, at least there's some boring things mixed in with some good things that you actually yeah, feel yeah, the okay, difference. Gotcha. So you kind of feel like, oh, you know, I spent five grand or whatever I spent, 10 grand. <laughs> it's like, I feel okay about it. You know what I mean? It hides the um, the mundane sort of things. I don't know what's wrong with us. I really don't. I don't know why we think I this do. way. Hey, um, human psychology, human psychology. Oh, so seatbelt's done. All works now. Warning lights gone. Yep. Airbag lights oh, not beeping light. at you. Yep. Yep. It's all good. But then I realized um, my car's due for a service. So cool. Um, it's got to go back in again in about a month um, for its annual service. And I'm a little bit Damn. scared as to how that might go, but I thought you, I thought you were going to say you're going to take it in on Friday and I could get a lift back with you. But anyway, that's all right. Oh, yours going this Friday. <laughs> you're getting your ignition barrel? Getting my what? You're getting your ignition Yeah, ignition switch or whatever you call it, yeah. Lock. I had a couple yeah. of um, people who don't know the ignition on my car is on the fritz, we think. Um, Auto House yep. think, I think it is. And I had a couple of people reach out to me. And I'm sorry, yep. I'm really hopeless with the names at the moment because I've got, for some reason, I've been, my Instagram has just gone crazy. I get so many messages all of a sudden. I don't know what's happened. Mm. And... Someone else said to me, two other people have said to me they had, someone just yesterday actually, that they've had the um, same issue and they replaced their ignition. Uh, and that's what someone, fixed it? 
Yeah, someone told me in Europe it was only 280 euro, and I'm thinking, man, I wish it was only 280 euro <laughs> to fix it. 280 euro, I'm doing the quick conversion in my head, and I'm thinking, that's a little bit more than 280 euro. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it has to be done. So it's actually, you know, the weirdest thing though, Steve, not that yeah. I've driven the car this much this week. Like I drove, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. Happy New Year's, Chinese uh-huh. New Year today. Uh, Happy I drove Chinese it Chinese New Year. Honky fat choy, right? Is that how you say it? No. Honky. <laughs> I'm glad you've got that as a recording. I'm going to play that back to you just over and over again. Boom, I knew that was, I knew that, speaking of that, I'll come back to that. I knew that was wrong. That's why I said it because I know that you're, uh, I know Honky that your Mandarin and Cantonese is perfect. So I know that you would have picked up on that. Uh, I would say that you're more Chinese than I am. And I actually am Chinese. <laughs> What? Are you Chinese? No one knows that. No one knows that. To look at. You just gave away the secret. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What was I saying? Driving. Where were we, Steve? I've lost. You hadn't hadn't driven much. You hadn't driven much this week. I hadn't driven much this week. But, you know, the times I have driven the car, of course, the ignition is not doing the problem that it's been doing. So it's, it's kind of stopped. Right. Let's get on to a couple of things that I did on the weekend. Uh, One, I didn't go for a drive. I know you and Marco went out. I bailed because I thought the rain was going to come and I was very lazy because we've been doing a bit of work and stuff and I just didn't want to get up at 4 a.m. to check the weather. I know that's really awful of me. I feel bad about it now, so I apologize, Steve. But you guys went out. You had a good drive? (laughs) I don't care. Thanks. Um, Great. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, it was fine. It was... um, So you didn't want me to go? You already had an extra person. That's why you didn't want me to go. You already had someone else. You yeah, you're superfluous, mate. Yeah, you know that. Um, no, we. Um, I asked BMW, BMW driver as well. I asked my cousin um, <laughs> with the um, F80 M3 if he wanted to kind of come for a blast, and he was up for it. Um, you should meet him actually. You'd, I'd, I'm sure you'd like to look at each other's, ogle each other's kind of cars. Um, yeah, we just sort of did a really sort of quick one down uh, around Dural, Wiseman's Ferry. Um, it was good because I managed to rev my car out more because I'm still trying to test the whole uh, slightly quieter Acro exhaust and see how I feel about that. Um, I, the answer is I still don't know. It It is quieter. Like it is a lot quieter. Um, it sounds really good when you rev it. Um, so I'm kind of getting more like to six, five and a half, six kind of grams more regularly, um, to make it sort of sound good. Right. Um, so had a little issue with his car. Yeah. What's going on there? Marco, Marco 996 um, Turbo. When he rolled up, he rolled up a little late and he just sort of said, ah, like, um, his oil, oil level alert got kind of thrown at him on the dash and, I didn't realize, but just like our cars, there's no dipstick in a 996. So yeah. you're reliant on um, the computer telling you. So he had that kind of thrown at him and it was sort of saying that it was on its lowest bar. But his car was his car was serviced not that long ago, so it would have been topped up, you know, and like it doesn't smoke, there's no oil on the floor, all of that sort of stuff. So I like to... To lose that much oil, he was sort of fairly confident that it was more likely to be an issue with the car not reading the level properly um, and maybe related to his flat battery from the previous, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, look, that Um, electric oil pressure level thing, it really annoys me. Oil level. Yeah, yeah. 
oil pressure. He had good oil pressure too, so he kind of knew that it was more likely to be a digital error as opposed to a mechanical thing. I know, but that's not good though, right? How many times can you get mm. a digital error? I've done that. I actually did it last night. I'll be honest with you. I right. did it last night when I was waiting um, for the I takeaway. I forget to. It's bad, isn't it? I did it because I'd just driven to Chatswood and I'd just mm-hmm. driven, which is about half an hour. People will know don't know where Chatswood is, but it's about half an hour from where I live or so. Where and lots of Chinese people live. Yes. And um, my, <laughs> I did a test. It. You know, my wife's going to pick up the takeaway and I just did the test. Yeah. And it says my oil was on level, lowest level, right? Were you on flat, flat ground? It's half, not really super flat, no. Um, no so that's probably that's one of the problems. You know, my yeah. car doesn't, there's, like I said, oil's not leaking. Um, you know, I think they said there was weeping out of one of the things when I got the service done, but they thought that that was just because the car had been sitting. Yep. But I did have a smoke issue the other day. And I wasn't going to get into this, but I did have a puff of white smoke come out of the car. White smoke. Normal. Normal? It's normal. So then I, well, I'm glad you said that because I looked it up on Rainlist and everywhere else I could find and, and people said it was pretty normal too. Um, yep. And literally I had started my car, my car park, moved it to another car park and then stopped it yep. straight away and then yep. got into my car and reversed it and then there was a big puff yep. of white smoke. And apparently other yep. people have said the same thing happens and it was on an angle where I was parking and you know where I park, you know, in the building, you know, where yep. I park it yep. here. So it was on an angle, yes. right? Two parks up. Yep. Yep. And then I got the oh, puff okay, of white yep. sp- Yeah, and I got the puff of white smoke. And apparently that's quite normal. So that's why when I went for the drive yesterday, I hadn't really been for a drive, believe it or not, this week. And then yep. I saw the um, level down to because someone said some people said, "Oh, if you you know check your oil, make sure there's no oil on the ground. There's no oil on the ground." But that yep. level thing really annoys me. How you can't just check it any other way, you know, because it has yeah, actually thrown up errors before. That. Yeah, it throws up how, errors, man. How hard is it to um, engineer a little uh, tube and a dipstick to kind of go into the reservoir into an engine bay? Is that sort of like a thing? A thing to kind of keep people sort of servicing in dealerships or something, or and it's not just Maybe. Polish; it's everybody. But I guess they made it like a selling point when it came out, though. When it came out in two thousand and six, it must have been a really cool thing. <laughs> you know cool. what I mean? Like Look, a selling no point. Dipstick. But I hate the thing when you go there and you haven't driven it enough and it says it'll take thirty five minutes to give you the reading. It's like I've got to leave my ACC key turned for thirty five yeah. minutes to get this reading. You know what I mean? That's why when I did it last night, it took an hour and f- uh, one minute, 54 seconds. I had to wait. So that was right. okay. Because it depends on the heat of the engine, right? How much you've driven it. It has to be warmed no, up a no. little bit. You just have to warm your car up. You should. It's, that's the same with a dipstick. Like um, your car should be warm when you check the oil level and you need to be on um, level ground. I know, but sometimes it makes you wait a long time, like too long. If you just wanted a quick reading, you can't get a quick reading. Yeah, right. So... Anyway, that's what happened. Um, so Marco's car's okay though. He's had it checked out, or he's just going to leave it. Um, Marco's much handier than us, so I think he's just kind of going through the motions of trying to f- figure it out. But the one, the one drawback to it is, um, in the absence of having a dipstick, how are you literally supposed to figure out how much oil you've got in your um, in in your car? But I guess if it's not leaking. But is it a, can you, I mean, you know, the oil pressure, oil pressure gauge on mine went, the sender, and I got that changed just before I left last time. Is there mm-hmm. a, what about the sensor for the oil level? Could that that's be a, gone? That's what it was. It could be, gone. it could be that, like it could be the sender, I don't know. I'm not mechanical enough to kind of even pretend to start speculating about all that stuff. But the thing about like going for the drive on Sunday when he kind of had this thrown at him, like we're just sort of, you know, um, my cousin and I both sort of said, oh, do you want to top it up? I had, I carry um, a litre of oil in my 
in my front and I sort of said, oh, do you need some oil? And he said, I'd rather not overfill it because I'm pretty certain that um, his oil should be right. Yeah. Um, and that he wanted to just try to work out what the baseline of the actual kind of level in there was. His oil pressure was good, so it was reading, I think, between four and five. Oh, that's good. Um, consistently, you know, as he was kind of driving. So yeah. it didn't spoil the drive in terms of he still, um, he decided to kind of drive at the back just in case. But um, we sort of went at a reasonable kind of clip there and back. It's um, good that it wasn't raining. had a bit of fun. It's supposed to yeah. rain. I want to just get it out there because I think that, that you know, everyone talks about spending my money. I think everyone yeah. should send Steve a message on Instagram and get Steve to spend his money because Steve really <laughs> wants the okay. Steve really wants the seat inserts from Justin Plasek. Is that how you say his last name? Uh, you really yeah. want those seat inserts and they're very, very cool. I think you should get them, Steve. We need to spend your money. Mm, no, I've admired them from a distance. RS Inspired. You know what I like about them? And I like about, I like that carry bag that they come in. I like how you could buy, you know, if you're going to buy another set, you can put them in your garage. You can have the multiple sets in your garage where you just switch them out in their own little carry bag. They come in, what are they, 2,300 euro, 2,500 euro? What's that on the scheme of things? That's not much. That's a lot of money. Um, (laughs) Negative. I've already got four sets of inserts and I I wasn't in any way kind of serious. I just wanted to know. I, I just, I really liked the design. It was the first time I'd sort of seen any of the really good trimmers like there's there's a multitude of really great people and um you know john approach is one of them like locally um you can kind of go to gary at fx in the uk Gary's and he's great. brilliant too yeah like, they're all really good, listens really good craftsmen really nice people and stuff um but i just noticed that justin plastic had um ages ago posted posted a picture of what were they I think they were the recent lightweight buckets, mm. but the three cushions he'd split up into that sort of tricolor theme, which was mm. prevalent on a, a nine six four RS. Mm. But he'd used three different shades of that sort of um, checker pattern. I don't know what yep. the fabric is. It looks like it's probably wool. It looks um, wool. It looks wool. Yeah. yeah, which I think is a sort of traditional kind of Porsche thing. So he'd mixed two sort of Porsche interior uh, themes and I just sort of thought that was a really sort of kind of nice design very nice very nice um I sent you that that link on Instagram the story of the girl who's just bought the um I think her name's I think her name's Rhonda something Rhonda in the US who bought the Ruby Stone GT3 oh yes she had to pick up I watched and you know I follow her and I watch her videos and you know she's so like passionate and she got the, yep. the, you know, the unpacking video of those seat inserts for hers. And they're kind of RS inspired too, aren't they? A little bit. They're kind of like that. Yeah. Because what is leather, it? Like one, it was two shades of gray and uh, a pink kind of cushion. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. That, so that's exactly what the 964 was like. And 959s had those a lot as well. looks very cool. I like the Ruby Stone. I mean, I couldn't get away with it, but I like the Ruby Stone. I think it looks really cool. I think it works in the GT3 actually in the 992. What do you think, Stu? Mm, yeah, no not comment. a fan. Not a fan. I like it. Yeah, I like it. it's a bit no, different. Something about it. Something about on a nine nine two that doesn't look as good to me. All right, let me get on to a couple of things. Um, the one thing I haven't bought is the roof racks. Um, but Paul mm-hmm. from Sydney, Paul, who I speak to, hello, Paul. I know you're listening. Uh, Paul's got a nine nine seven point two Carrera black. Um, mm-hmm. He got his already, and he sent me a pic through DM. 
um, of the roof yeah. racks. Not that I buy them just for the look, but they do actually look good. I mean, he's got them on his black 997.2 and, and they look good. So they didn't take very long to come. What's he carrying around on them? Uh, I think he's going to get his surfboard and he's going to get a roof box as well. Cool. Um, but I think uh, they said two to four weeks, Porsche Centre South Sydney, but that wasn't two to four weeks, by the way. They came much quicker than that. I think that must have been, maybe it was 10 days, maybe it was 10 days. Um, but Paul had his and he put them on, so they look good. Right. I still want to get them. I'm just holding off because I've uh, because I bought, uh, haven't bought it. I'm doing this uh, fix on Friday, which is, you know, taking that money away from me. Yep. Um, the other thing, Steve, is I got the lid liner, which I recommended last week. Some people might not have uh-huh. heard it when it cut off. The lid liner from the US. Um, go back to uh-huh. that episode and you'll hear that that shout out, that recommendation, I should say. Um, the lid liner, How I like it? it. I like it. Um, it. I was worried it was going to be too heavy, but it's not that heavy. I mean, it's simple, uh-huh. very, very easy to install, of course, because it just comes with the little plastic things that push into your... Yep push into your hood i did a video on it i don't know why but i did a video this video on youtube um yep. so i did that i was worried when i first put it on <laughs> i was double checking to make sure it would close in my head i'm thinking it's going to be too high and i'm going to push it down but it's not because it's inside the rubber so i just you know i just yeah, worry isn't about, it in the void yeah i just worry about these things um yep. but i think it looks good i mean you know you don't see your your sticker on there anymore that i have on my car um the option sticker my car. Yep. you don't have yours yours is missing um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because you've got an early car. <laughs> so the lid liner, the lid liner, I fitted it. I, I would recommend it. Um, some people have been thinking about it on the fence. Some people didn't know about it, but I think it's a good, it's a good product. So I did that. There's a video on One YouTube. If, if you go to Michael Bath YouTube, subscribe and watch that video. Help me, help me. From next, from your pics and everything, the thing I can't tell is what's the um, what's the finish of the black plastic like? Matt, is it? Is it like, um, and does it have a little texture? Is it sort of like, you know, the trim around the frunk? You know, like there's all that plastic bits around there. Is it that? Does it match that um, or is it kind of glossy or is it? It's not glossy. I don't think it matches that prop- exactly. It's not glossy, but it seems to blend in pretty well. It seems to blend so in pretty well. it's sort of well. like a satin plastic kind mm, of Come over and have a look. You should get one. Yeah. Um, 15% off. Might have to aquadip it. 15% off. Aquadip it satin carbon. Honestly, though, if you want, to, if you're in Australia, like I said, and you want to buy it, buy it direct from Lidliner. Don't buy it from Suncoast. And Lidliner actually use UPS, and it come, it came in like four days or something, Steve, from when it was sent. Mm-hmm. So they use courier. So it's actually worthwhile. It's a hundred dollars, hundred and thirteen dollars shipping, but there's a fifteen percent off code, so it works well. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, we're not going to get through everything. I better start talking faster. I want to come back to the heavy knobs. Speed it up, man. I want to yep. come back to the heavy knobs because. I do remember you telling me about that, and I completely forgot. Yep. And I want to talk about my knob as well, but I just want to roll into just quickly. I just want to uh, talk about owner stories. Yeah, you go. Um, so this week, owner stories. You don't have it, Steve. I, didn't, I literally just finished it yesterday before I went out to dinner. Um, yep. Number sixty-eight with Derek. Uh, Derek's from the U.S., New Hampshire, New England. Um, Derek had a really good story. He's a real car guy. He's a motorcycle guy. Uh, I really enjoy my chat with Derek. He's you know, he's, he sort of switches between his cars and his bikes. He's, you know, he's a BMW, a big BMW bike fan. Um, uh-huh. His brother actually is a big BMW car fan. He's had, you know, he started with Transaxle, Steve. Uh, the very first uh-huh. car was a, was a Transaxle, a Transaxle. Hang on, hang on. You've got to, you've got to say, 
I'm not going to say too much. I'm not going to give it away. And then you're going to. I'm not going to give it away. I'm not going to give it away. I'm just. <laughs> yeah. But he started with transaxles. He's not. I'm not going to give too much away. But he started yep. with the transaxles. Um, he's had like 11 Porsches. Right. He's had over yep. 40 cars. He's got about five or six bikes at the moment. Um, a really yep. good story. And like Steve just said, I'm not going to give too much away. I'm not. Um, I'd like to give away the story about the first about his first car, but I won't. But he started with a 924 Turbo. Him and his brother yep. bought this car. It was like a project car. That one didn't get on the road. I'll give that away. Then he went into another Transaxle, uh, which is a 944S, and then he's made his way up to his current cars. I won't give all the other ones away. Mm -hmm. uh, and his current car is something that I really like, and I want to just talk about a little bit after this as well, is the 911T. And what's great about Derek's story, it kind of comes back to what Blair was talking about in a very in a few episodes ago in Owner's Story, Steve, where he bought the white GT4 and then he didn't like it and then switched it for the blue. Yep. You know, so... He bought the uh, 1972 Porsche 911T. Um, he wanted, Derek wanted Albert Blue. He wanted that Albert Blue okay. color. Yeah, cool. um, he did have yep. a 356 before, and the 356 was in uh, Ruby Red, but he wanted Albert Blue in his 911T. Yep. He waited, he searched, you know, he's, he's contacting people nearly every day. It took him about three years to find it, but now he has one. And this one's been slightly. You know, it's got a slightly bigger engine in it. It's got a 2.7 engine, but he has the huh? original engine. It's a really good story. Make sure you listen to it. I want all the listeners to listen to it because Derek's a really cool guy and it's a really good story and it's a real genuine story, like all of them are, but I, I really did enjoy talking to Derek and he's just love his passion of cars, bikes, and, you know, and Porsche. Um, and he really does have a, have a love of Porsche. But what I thought was interesting, Steve, in one part of it, and I'm just going to give this bit away, uh -huh. is that he thought at the time that, he had a nine. He also had owned a 911 SC. He, he's owned 993s and 997s. He's owned a lot, right? 930 yep. Turbo. Yep. He thought the SC was was the car. The SC was to okay, him it was cool. like that's really what made him love Porsche. The SC. Um, Same as that, um, James. James Porsche, Porsche Platts. Platts. James? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but he says that the, the long hood he's just bought, the 911T, has surpassed yep. has surpassed the the SC. Yeah. Cool. And it's interesting because when I think about, you know, cars, when I think about cars that I would like, you know, I, I like uh -huh. the SC and I like the 911T. I still like the 912, but if I had a choice between a 912 and a 911T, I, I would go the 911T. I'm, I would, unfortunately. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's just yep. money-wise. So um, that's this week's uh, Porsche Good Owner Stories number 68 with Derek. Uh, go and have a look at Derek's Instagram if you haven't seen it already. It's at 11 past 9, 9 in German. Um, Nick from the UK knows German. Hello, Nick. Nine, N-E-I-N. -E um, so that's at 11 past nine. <laughs> I'm just throwing I'm thinking, Hogan's, I'm thinking of Hogan's Heroes again for some reason. Nine. <laughs> um, Steve, you got a recommendation? Oh, are we, good? Are we doing that? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, hang on. What was my recommendation? Uh, have you got one? Oh, you want me to talk? Hang on, let me just go back then before you do the recommendation because I threw that on you too quickly. Let's just talk about the knobs, <laughs> right? Um, oh, that's my recommendation. Okay, go. That's your recommendation? Yeah. Oh, the, the one I'm going about to talk about? Yep, you go. Okay, so I won't talk about that. So you want to do the recommendation first and then we'll lead into the knob <laughs> thing. Because I was going to talk about the <laughs> yeah, knob. Yeah. I was going to... Okay. I'll just say this very, very quickly and Steve can, can lead into it because he's got one. Um, yep. A heavy knob, that is. So... 
I, I had completely forgotten about this. Steve just put it on our notes and I just noticed it before we came in line. There's a, there's a yep. company called Heavy Knobs. Um, someone sent me a message and once again, I really apologize because I was searching through Instagram, through this maze yep. of my Instagram and I couldn't find the message. And someone said to me, if you like the original OEM knob, maybe you yep. should just use this product and gave me the link yep. to Redlist and I went to it. I do remember now Steve has got it and we'll get onto the knob thing because the knob thing is a bit controversial. My knob that I fitted, the Lathworks one. Um, Lathworks yep. is a great product, but it is, has been a little bit controversial when I put the post up on Instagram and everyone's comments. Kind yep. of surprised me and kind of didn't, but we're going to talk about that. But Steve, you want to talk about the heavy knob thing because I don't know much about it. Yeah. Um, just like you said, it came up, it was a new vendor on um, Renlist. So I'm a uh, GT3 forum tragic. I'm sort of always on there and this dude sort of invented this. Um, he's basically kind of molded. I don't know if they're lead, but it's like a heavy kind of metal thing. And basically, I can't remember how many pieces. It's maybe about five or six different bits. And you basically pull apart your original um, 997. I don't know if he does it for 964. This is 997 we're talking at the moment exclusively. You pull apart your gear knob and then you basically um, insert all these kind of little uh, metal weights into it. Um, right. you do have to kind of put like a little bit of blue tack or double-sided tape to stop it from rattling inside the little plastic kind of bits and pieces. Mm. And then you close it all up. You put your little, you know, cap on the top and I wish I could remember exactly. It made me look at the, um, forum post. I can't remember. I think it was maybe, maybe, no, I, I can't quote the actual additional weight. Sorry. Um, I don't know if you've got the information there at all, but it basically adds weight. You know how, so we've been talking about all of these sort of aftermarket um, kind of gear knobs and this guy kind of came about the idea of, well, if you want to add more feel by adding more weight to your shift knob by kind of um, adding adding these weights to it. Um, now, in my personal experience, even though it's um, my recommendation because I was kind of scrambling for recommendations this week, it made not much difference to mine. But the caveat yeah. to that is because I've got the numeric shifter again, which is not use all hell. Um, any increase in weight, like even when I put my Lathworks um, gear knob on, which is sort of like solid stainless shifter rod and all of that type of thing, plus the um, copolymer kind of thing on top, um, that is considerably weightier than um, the standard shifter, but once you put it on, because the numeric is so notchy, you can't actually feel the extra weight in the, the actual kind of knob itself, so I can't tell. Yeah, that, so makes, to be that makes sense. Yeah, so to be perfectly honest, like getting the heavy knobs thing, which I added to my standard carbon shifter, um, was, well, I'll say it, is probably like a complete waste of money if you've got a numeric. I read some posts on it when other people with numeric a numeric shifter sort of said that they felt like it was an improvement, but I would probably disagree with that. I reckon you can't feel the difference. But mm. if it was you, go back to you. So, like, if you kind of go, hey, you really prefer your standard kind of shifter, but you like the extra weight, I, I could pull mine out and you could try it if you want. Yeah, look, I when I got that link, I looked at it yep. and I only put it on the yep. notes this morning. So, I, like I said, I forgot you had one and I do remember you telling me. Um, yep. And then I read through the thread, just quickly skimmed through it. And, you know, the thing mm -hmm. was, if you have a numeric or you have a that sort of shift, you won't notice it. I don't know if anyone yep. had a short shifter. Um, I want to get into the short shifter because a lot of people don't seem to know that I have a short shift kit on my on my 997, but I do actually have a short shift kit. 
Oh, I forget the people. Yeah. yeah, I know. There's a, I think there's a few new people uh, who listen to the podcast. And I think Blair might have asked me on Blair from Owner Stories, might have said, you know, if you get a short shifter, maybe it's better. But I do have the short shifter kit already fitted. Um, yep. I don't know whether that took away from the knob that I've got, the Lathworks one, but we'll get onto that in a second. But the weight of one yep. was kind of appealing until I saw the thing about it rattling. Like that, if it's going to rattle, that would drive me crazy because it just misses it inside. It doesn't rattle? No, because. Um uh, you probably didn't pull yours apart, but it's basically just like a plastic casing. And he has like completely figured out the shape of the each lead. It's each bit of lead or metal or whatever. So it is meticulously kind of crafted to kind of fill the holes. But all you really have to do is stick a little bit of double-sided tape or some blue tack and it won't rattle around at all. Like that's a non-issue. Okay. So I think people who don't know is when you take off your shifter your OEM shifter, it mm-hmm. is quite surprising how plasticky it is. Um, it's very yeah. light. It weighs nothing. And it's, it, it's you know, it's, it's kind of odd that Porsche would put that sort of part on a car that it's not heavy. Obviously, a lot of people are into that X87 or X86, which I know Richard Coriolicious has, and I think... Uh, oh, 97? X97. X97, X97, sorry. Um, I like that from the top view. The side view, I don't know, sometimes I really don't like the look of it. I mean, I like it, and then I don't like it. I don't know if I like it enough to spend a thousand dollars on it. That's a problem. Yeah, I really don't like it. That, that not my cup of tea. But anyway. Yeah, the Lathworks knob, Steve. Um, sorry, mm. interrupting. Lathworks knob is because the price was good. The quality is good. You know, Chris at Lathworks makes a great product. There's nothing wrong with the product. Yep. Um, the heavy knobs might. The heavy knobs might be better for me, because and we're going to yep. get into this. Um, is that I kind of feel like I mean it was interesting the response on Instagram. Yep. Um, I'm going all over the place here today because I'm trying to work out what how we can fit everything in. But I put a post up on Instagram. You would have seen it. Um, a lot yep. of people commented. A lot of people commented. And I think I put it on P997.1 for my car and I put it on Porsche Cooled. Yep. And a lot of people commented. And it was quite surprising, and I think you might have found it surprising too, is that how many people thought that I should just go back to the original shifter. Yeah, the majority of people seem to kind of think that the uh, – that um, the original is better. Um, I don't necessarily find it that surprising, I guess. It's just a subjective thing. And I know you're going to talk about it a bit more, but I just kind of go, it's such an easy swap, which is why I've got five, <laughs> five well, gear knobs. It's like, it's just dependent on you. Like, um, you know, like if we were talking seat inserts that couldn't be swapped and you literally have to kind of stitch it in and it was a permanent sort yeah, of fixture in, in the car, then then I would understand all of that. But when it's something that is like a five-minute swap, I just kind of go and do whatever you like. Yeah, and I think we want to talk about that. So just, just briefly yeah. on the knob before we get yeah. into the main sort of topic we want to talk about today. And it kind of follows on from the knob, really. It follows on yes. from adding mods and, and not bastardizing, but changing a 997, changing a 996. We're going to, call, we're going to talk about 997, 996 because that's what – Steve and I own and you know Marco has a 996 and a lot of people listen have 996s so we're going to base it on 997 96s and because the fact that 997s and 996s Steve as we all know mm-hmm. are appreciating very quickly and the way you look at the car to when you could get one in Australia for 30 grand to way you look at it now where you get one for 80 90 grand is yep. probably changed a little bit the way people see what they want to do to it right I just want to talk about wow. that that originality yeah. the originality thing of cars you know what I mean and also the yep. state of the car that you get now that maybe was 30 grand, how it is today. Yep. Yep. But 
Just on regards to the knob, yes. and I know Chris at Lathe Works commented on that post. I think he commented on the post. Um, and like I said, it's a great it knob. It was a good. It was a really good comment. He yes, posted. it was. It was. I can't <laughs> remember cool exactly guy, word to word, but it was a really good comment. And like I he's, said, it's he a gr- said, "Take the knob off, I get the car." <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a really, it's a really good product, right? It's a great product. Yep. I'm just a bit funny, and Steve knows this. I get in this way where I get this idea in my head. It starts, and it's sort of seeding in my head, and it's this originality thing that started to seed in my head. And mm-hmm. I've been talking to Steve about it, mm-hmm. and it started with the exhaust tips, and now I've got this thing about the wheels. But that's what we're going to talk about. But back to the knob is that last yes. night I drove it uh, for 30 minutes or so over to Tasha's parents' mm-hmm. house, mm-hmm. a bit longer, maybe 30 minutes. Yep. And it does feel better, okay? So someone said if it feels better, then maybe you should leave it on. It does feel yep. better. It feels heavier. It feels like the shift is easier. It feels like it doesn't feel shorter. Like I said, I have the short shift kit, the Porsche uh, SSK 997 kit. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily feel shorter, but it feels heavier because it is. It should feel more positive, right? Like it, trying to find words for it. Because it feels more positive. It's never going to feel shorter because no. that's determined by the pivot point and all that sort of stuff. Correct. It should just feel more um, distinct. It does. It feels, it feels completely different to the OEM one. And everyone yep. knowing my trials and tribulations with the OEM one, I couldn't get it off. The other day I went down to fit the lid liner. And I said to my wife, I said, I'm just going to try and do the knob again. Yep. And I literally pulled the gator up, pulled the knob, <laughs> undid, the, undid the, you know, clockwise, any clockwise thing, took the gator down yep. and then started to lift the knob. And the knob, I could feel it moving with no force, Jiggling, no force, yeah. just lifting the thing up, Steve, and it just came off. I just don't understand. I was just laughing to myself. Well, I was swearing actually in a funny way, but I was laughing to myself how easy it was. Mm-hmm. So that was fine. The thing I don't like about it is I find it slippery. It doesn't have enough grip. That's surprising, but anyway. I don't yep. like, I like a bit more where my hand kind of grips it. I find the OEM one because it has a bit of leather on the side and it has the aluminium look, plastic. It feels a bit grippier. Are you I a kind of, individual? I kind of, no, I kind of also like, <laughs> I like, it's weird because it's a round shifter where the, where the Porsche one is not round. You know what I mean? It's not circular. Yep. Kind of still, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I kind of still like the the shape of the original Porsche shifter. I like how it's not completely round. I like how it feels in my hand. Yeah, it's not a completely symmetrical ball, basically. It's not a symmetrical ball. And I like it. I do like that side of it better. The other side, but you know, obviously the weight side of it um, is fine. The length of it is fine. Everything fits perfectly. It's really easy to fit. Um, But for me, I'm not 100% sure. I'm still. Look, I left it on. I was going to take it off and just put my other one back. And my wife said mm-hmm. to leave it on. I think you told me to leave it on, and I'll just drive with it for. A, I'll drive with it for a few more days. But I think I may change it. I think I pretty will change it back. So that gets me onto the heavy knobs thing. Yep. Maybe I should try those. But how do you order you those, Steve? Like, how do you order them though? If someone just wants online, there's a website. I think. Um, oh, there's a website now. I think I. I think I private messaged the dude because that was really early on when he'd first sort of started um posting and sort of selling his ways um if you look up heavy knobs on um on either the either 997 or 997 gt3 um forums on renlist you'll see like a lot of kind of discussion about there most of it's positive like i said i think i think it's a waste of time if you kind of um put it on something with a numeric but um i've read i have read otherwise um but if you don't have a numeric if you don't have a yeah. numeric, it's probably a good thing, right? 
Yeah. So the God's honest truth is like I have seen a little bit of commentary on it saying like, man, that's expensive. Like why wouldn't you just put something else, like fill it with other stuff just to kind of put the weight in there to the guy's defence? How much is it? I can't remember. It was... It wasn't cheap, like for what you kind of get, like tiny little, you know, bits of um, metal that you basically kind of jam in there. I can't remember, like some other people sort of suggested other ways of trying to add weight to your um, OEM kind of shifter. Um, so it's not kind of crazy expensive, but then for what you kind of get, you do sort of go, oh, yeah, okay, I can sort of see the counter argument to it. Um, you can try mine if you like. It's um, I can pull my thing apart. And uh, no, don't, you can... don't pull them out. Don't pull them out. Um, it's forty dollars shipping to Europe. I saw in the thing, but I mean the shipping is probably going to kill us here because it's weight. Um, but anyway, I, don't, I can't see uh, the price. Sticks, I'm looking. No, I'm looking at the thread. Envelope. Really, yeah. I'm looking at the thread now, and I can't. Uh, I can't see the price of them, so I don't know where it's listed. So it doesn't matter. Um, but anyway, I think he just defended sort of... himself and sort of said that you know, like he did have, actually have to spend a bit of time trying to work out the you know, like the accurate shapes for each individual kind of weight to kind of fit in the cavities. Um, there's engineering there. There's definitely engineering there. I'm sure the, the yeah, few engineers that are listening are probably thinking they could do it, but there, it is engineering, that's for sure. Um, it's okay, a very, um, very, very small market though, like to kind of spend tons of time for like, you know, a group of 997 um, owners. I guess when you start to realise how light the knob is and you won't realise that until you take it off, that yeah. maybe you do need something else. You know what I mean? And as long as it's not as much as $1,000, like a, you know, Porsche knob, heavier Porsche knob, yeah. like a turbo one, um, I guess it's still... Yeah, or the still, X97 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and, I'm, I'm, and, I'm, and, and if it's less than what you pay for a Latheworks knob, because if it's more than a Latheworks knob, I think, you know, the... I don't know. It, it's tricky mm, if you would actually... Yeah, you would go there. I think. Um, let me just read the reviews out, Steve, because I like to read the reviews. Apple uh, rating some reviews. Um, that's yep. where you got Apple Podcasts. Steve knows this. Steve should read this out because he knows it. You got Apple Podcasts. It helps get us noticed, uh, and it gets us closer to being um, up on the high up on the automotive Porsche cool. Uh, what is it? Apple Podcast charts. <clears throat> what does that mean? That doesn't mean we want to be number one. We don't mind being number one, but it means that more people will listen to the pod- podcast. There'll be more people who will be exposed to it. Uh, more people who will um, tag along <clears throat> on this journey that we're doing for I don't know how much longer, but we're still on this journey. At the <laughs> Um, Steve, you know, like, I'll tell you something just very quickly before I read the reviews. You know, the word journey, Uh, it was so overused at Expo. Like you never want to use the word journey again. Like everything was a journey. Let me take you on this journey. All the hosts, let me take it. It's like, man, it's like you do exhibitions and you go, I never want to use the word journey again because it's just one of those. It's used in advertising and marketing a lot as well because it's always about a customer experience. So yes. another, another word for experience is their journey. Yes, and it's used overused now, completely overused. You know what yeah. the other word, which is really starting to bug me? Rabbit hole. Cut through? Rabbit hole. Oh. Mm-hmm. Why is rabbit hole being used? Everyone uses rabbit hole now. Don't know. I think I use it a lot. <laughs> Maybe it's because you've been editing the podcast and listening to me talk. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe it's you. Um, okay, two, two well, reviews. Well, fuck you then. <laughs> <laughs> two Apple... Two Apple reviews since last week, Steve. Uh-huh. Uh, well, the two that I can see, they come up on uh, Chartable, so I just get them off Chartable. Um, came for the Porsche chat, stayed for the owner stories. Uh, well done, Michael and Steve. Came across your podcast as my hunt for a new Porsche started. While I haven't found the right Porsche yet, your podcast has been a fantastic resource and the owner stories are fantastic. 
I don't know how you pronounce this. Chikamolo, Chikamolo from Australia. Thank you so much. Um, Next one, down to earth and honest Porsche chat. Michael and his co-host, Steve, share first experience, experience of buying, maintaining and enjoying arguably the greatest sports car ever made and the passion that ensues. I must listen for enthusiast owners and prospective owners of Porsche sports cars, 996 GT, Australia. For some reason, I feel like I've seen these some of these reviews before. I don't know whether Apple repeats them or they get reposted. I feel like I've read that one before, but I probably haven't. All right, cool. so that's Apple uh, reviews. Like I said, if you have a few minutes spare, just go there, give us a star rating and a review, uh, 20 words or less, 25 words or whatever, and, and it helps us. Steve, I just want to talk about, and this mm-hmm. is leading into, um, oh, just first, uh, Paul from, <laughs> I'm going to pronounce it wrong again. Paul has been on Owner Stories number three, engineer, number 53, Engineering. Paul, mm-hmm. Engineering. Paul. Um, I pronounced it wrong in the edit. I pronounce things wrong all the time. It's just things I do. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and, and I realize and I don't go back because it's just, you know, it's just me. Um, yeah, like but... Linus. Just like, isn't that just Linus? <laughs> Linus. Isn't it Linus? Linus. Wouldn't that don't be Don't get me onto that. Don't get me onto that topic, honestly. You know, I'm still waiting for the response. Uh, I mean, I could say well, something terrible here. peanuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, still waiting for the response how my key surround doesn't fit. My lights mm-hmm. around, is it? One of the two. No, lights around doesn't fit from the so-called gentleman. Anyway, Paul. He's getting hi, me back from calling him Linus all the time. Hi, Paul. <laughs> uh, anyway, re-engineering. I, I said it. It's not re-engineering. It's re-engineering. Re-engineering. Re-engineering as in Rensport. Just remember that. Um, but keep an eye on Paul's um, social media, especially his Instagram, because he's he's starting up that project, if you remember, from Owner Stories number 53. If you haven't heard it, go over there and listen to it, and you'll know what I'm talking about. It's Rengineering UK, at Rengineering UK. Mm-hmm. Wow. We've got a lot to get through today, Steve. You got enough time? We've got a lot to get through. Yeah, We're not even onto, yeah, our main, onto our main topic. So before we... My kids left, so it's good. My kid, oh, your kids are um, gone. Let some air in. They didn't come in and say, give you a kiss goodbye or anything. What's going on? No, no. They were giving me the bird on the way out and they're only (laughs) two and a half and ten months. (laughs) You taught them well. (laughs) It's trying to be. (laughs) Okay. So where am I? You know, these these podcasts started started off um, as a passion. (laughs) They started off in 2019, Steve, me talking Mm -hmm. to myself. And, you know, like along the way, we always used to talk about cars. Um, and I don't know, I think you've stopped me talking about cars because you don't want me to talk about values and they always get into the value thing and you get annoyed when oh, you talk about cars. Oh, you mean literal cars? It's like, isn't this whole thing about cars? Yeah, literal cars <laughs> that I've seen, like cars that I've come right. across, right? And I come across and someone said to me, you know, are you still looking at things online? I said, yeah, of course I am. I'm crazy, right? I drive my wife crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at things all the time. Um, so that kind of made me think I should just sort of do a little bit of a, a thing in this episode and just say what I've seen. Mm-hmm. And there's some good ones, right? I'm really keen, after speaking to um, Derek and other people as well who will be known on stories, I really like the idea of a long hood, Steve. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pre-74, whatever it is, pre-74, pre right? Yeah, pre-74, um, long hood because the hood is longer, of course, and it doesn't have all the... I think the next generation had more sort of um, government sort of things in the US, impact laws, and the, the cars kind of changed, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, the long hoods are more desirable. Um, the long hoods do rust. They're not galvanized. So I guess there's more, less, less around. Short hoods. Less around, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I like them. 
I like the 912. Everyone knows I love the 912. A lot of people found this podcast from my 912 um, podcast. It's not that I've forgotten about it. Steve knows I haven't. Steve's not a fan. Um, but I do like the 912s. And I see a few that come up. But, you know, the prices now I think have got a little bit insane, Steve. Um, I always go to European collectibles. Um, I like what he has, that guy in Costa Mesta Reviews in California. Um, I mm-hmm. like what he has. He's got three cars at the moment, which I which I really like. Um, and I've... I know you had something on the chat with Marco and you were talking about someone else who was bringing in a turbo. I'm not going to say who it is or what it is, right? But oh, yes, And about yeah, the yeah. cost of the freight. There's a website in Australia called Taurus Logistics. And oh. if you punch in the amount of the car there and the, and the shipping, shipping is about five or six grand, it'll give you the cost with the duty and the luxury car tax that unfortunately you have to pay on this car. So they, mm-hmm. they go up very, very quickly. And I use that all mm-hmm. the time just to see what these cars cost. But the cars at European Collectibles that I really like, and I don't know if you have the page open, Steve, but there's a Condor Green, and I'm a big fan yeah, of Condor Green. Yeah, I've shared so I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, I haven't I'm shared just... it with you. Um, if you go to European <laughs> yeah, Collectibles, cool. European Collectibles, there's a Condor, yep. he's only got a few cars at the moment, there's a Condor Green 71 911T, mm. which I think I really like the color. I know it's polarizing sometimes, those greens, but I really like that one. I also like that one because it's the cheapest, but it's 109,000, <laughs> 109,500 US dollars. Which I think when I worked it out is about 150 or something landed in Australia, which is probably mm-hmm. cheaper than buying one here. Left-hand drive, of course. Then there's the polarizing color again, sepia brown with the tan mm-hmm. interior. That's a 72. I think that might be a one-owner's car. That's, that's a lot more expensive. That's 126500 I really like that one. Anyone in the US who's looking for these cars, they should have a look at European collectibles. He's also got a really clean uh, 67 912 Polo, uh, Polo Red 912. 89,000. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't believe how they've gone up in price so much. Uh, you know, 912s, when I first started looking th- looking at them, they were, what, 30? This one's like 89,000 US. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then on Bat, I'm bringing a trailer today. A 66 912 just came up, Steve. Golf blue, beautiful color. Mm-hmm. Um, three dial, painted dial. Not my fan. That's, that's already at 55,000. I got the notification today, Steve, saying it was, it was listed. It's already at 55,000 US dollars for a 912. Uh-huh. So that's pretty crazy. The other car that I've looked at, and I look at GTSs all the time. Um, I do look at GTSs. I do like the idea of a new GTS, a 992 GTS. Uh-huh. I think that would be a really good car to spec out new. I did like the one that I saw that someone was driving, Matt Farah, in his video, where it had the lightweight buckets. And the mm-hmm. lightweight pack, which you can get in the US. Apparently, that pack is not on the configurator in Australia. It's only on the pack on the configurator for the Turbo S. So I don't know whether mm-hmm. they offer that pack. It's really expensive. It's like twenty grand for that lightweight pack on the Turbo S. Mm-hmm. The GTS with lightweight buckets, I think, is a really cool car. The nine nine two looks fantastic. But on car sales in Australia, if anyone in Australia is looking for a nine nine one, there's a really good nine nine one for sale. It's been for sale for a couple of weeks too, and I don't know why. It's probably because of the price. It's a, a 2012 Steve White 911 mm-hmm. Carrera S, really well optioned, original owner. I think it's Mossman. Um, Twenty six thousand kilometers, mm-hmm. Carrara white, mm-hmm. um, black interior, great car. Two hundred fifteen thousand. That's not too bad, it's, is it? It's pretty good. Sorry, Leather I, dash. I'm only I'm responding more to that because I don't I don't follow um, sort of like the really older kind of cars, um, so I don't have any knowledge of them but that what you just sort of said about the gts that sort of doesn't sound it's not a gts it's an s oh sorry i thought it was a gts (laughs) 
it's an S, but it's a really well spec S. It's a really real. It looks and it, and the photos and everything about it looks really really good. So if anyone in Sydney is looking what? for a, uh, Gen One two thousand and twelve nine nine one PDK. Oh okay. But flappy oh, paddles. Oh no, that's expensive then. Flappy paddles. I was about to say that's not that. That's in good condition. Relatively good value. Good that's condition. expensive. Okay, so let's let's get let's move along. Um, mm-hmm. Let's move along, Steve, to the. Um, what am I going to? What are we going to call this? Keeping your nine nine seven nine nine six original, um, mm-hmm. and this came from me doing the shifter knob, and it came from reading mm-hmm. all the comments. Like I said, people saying the original's better. You know, the other one doesn't fit. You know, if you had more of a singer type yep. in- interior, blah blah blah. All these sort of comments. Some I agree with. Yep. Some I thought were a bit odd. Sorry, but I did. It's I cool. found some Everyone's of them a bit odd. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So reading those comments, there was a lot of mixed views. You know about this keeping it original thing, and mm-hmm. just so the listeners know. I think a couple, I've been talking to Steve about originality and, and putting my 911 back to the original condition, um, mm-hmm. meaning the wheels that were spec'd on it. I did the VIN analytic I did the VIN analytics thing. I did the VIN analytics thing and, you know, I know what my options are, but I just did that yeah. and I kind of thought about it more and I thought, is this something that people are thinking about? Is this something you think about, especially if you've bought a 996 that's, when it was 30 grand here in Australia or whatever, or, you know, something that's been a bit bastardized, a bit changed, a bit over-modded, right? Do you Uh think about Uh putting it back to original? Now, my reasoning for it was, is that I said to Steve, I'd like to get, and Steve hates the wheels that were on my car and they were optioned, but he hates them. They were the 19 inch, (laughs) they were the 19 inch sport design wheel, option code 407. My car only had, my, my car only had four options, right? It had 407, 19 inch sport design wheel. I had 431, the three, three-spoke multifunction steering wheel, which Steve hates as well, yep. had the yep. 635 Park Assist, which Steve loves, and it had, you know, this was doomed from the start. Wait to hear this one. 666 telephone module. So that was doomed from the start, that one, if anyone's superstitious. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were my options. But, you know, the two things, and also the thing that's changed my mind is I've got the dual tips, the Danks tips, and not the single big hole, yep. the big potato hole. Um, so I said to Steve, you know, maybe I should try and pick up a pair of these, a set of these 19 inch sport design wheels, get them refurbed, Uh just keep them, just keep them, put them in storage. I got a storage cage now. I can just keep them in storage, (laughs) get some, (laughs) get some tips, (laughs) get some tips and then keep it so that I can put my car back to original. Or if I ever, if I ever want to do that, or if I ever want to sell the car, then I can give it with the original parts, you know, because it matches the, the specs of the car. Yep. I'm still, you know, jumping backwards and forwards about this this tint thing, whether I can do it myself. Um, yep. I think about going down there to the garage and doing it myself, and then I think, mm, should I get someone to do it? I'm not so yep. quite sure what to do. Yep. But, and then, do you want to add anything? Because I'll, I'll just give you the message about Josh, because Josh, who's been on Owner's Story, sent me a message, and it made me think about this even more, about 996, no, this is about 996's Steve. And he yep. and Josh, I hope you don't mind me reading this. Josh is um, at Ocean Blue, Ocean Blau Aero, O Z E A N B A L B L A U A E R O, who's been on Owner's Stories before, number 60. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And like Josh, I hope you don't mind me reading this. A uh, really interesting thing I noticed at his first PCA day yesterday, there were, he said there were two C8 Corvettes, Cayman GT4, Cayman Rs, two 992s, a 992 GT3, a 991 GT3, two Boxster Spiders, and a handful of beautiful air cools. He said, but mm-hmm. everyone was interested in his car, his nine nine and 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 the other two nine nine six arrows. 
Now, Josh went to PCA days, uh, track days a lot with his dad, right? His dad's in the uh-huh. Porsches. He used to go there with his dad. So when he said he, went, he used to go to PCA days uh, moons ago with his old man, the 996 was new in dealerships. Nobody cared about them unless it was a turbo or a GT. Uh-huh. And he says it seems like people are starting to really appreciate the 996, which we know, right, for being a unique 911. It's not ancient like the air cools or modern. It's just its own thing. Uh-huh. I think that's a really good point. It's its own thing. And 997 I have to put into this category too. I think 997 goes into the same category. People were shocked to learn that my 2000 has no traction control or nannies aside from the ABS. So when does it get to the point, Steve? You know, originality, going back to the original, age and purism. Let's call it the, 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 the conflict between the age of the car. Or what is it? The correlation? Is it correlation? Age and purism. Yeah. That is, is that when does it get to the point of how old your 996 or 997 is? Or is it model dependent? I don't think it is. You shouldn't mod your car. Yeah. So I don't think it is. Like... Um, I'm obviously going to come at this conversation from the I like to kind of tinker sort of thing. I just can't help myself um, sort of school. Um, I'm not saying that you're in the opposite school and we're going to have a fight or whatever, but um, I you, you, you can tell that I'm always going to come at Donnie it from Brasco. the point of view of... Yeah. We're going to have a Donnie Brasco. <laughs> you, you, you can tell that I'm always going to come at it from the point of view of like modding is fun, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um but keep in mind when I sort of say like modding stuff, like generally I would kind of go any mods that I have personally done myself are reversible. Um, so um, what I don't necessarily kind of agree with is modding, modding with a, the, the worry that if you kind of mod your car that you're going to make it unsellable for the next guy, I'd kind of go fuck the next guy, do what you want to your kind of car and... <laughs> Well, like within reason, like respraying it to a completely different color and stuff, I get, you know, everybody's got to be conscious of what the thing is kind of worth. But in your instance, take your instance as an example, like you kind of sort of contemplating, if you contemplated kind of um, going back to the original tailpipes for you because you like the original look, cool. Uh, If you're kind of contemplating getting, collecting some of those bits to then sell to the next guy to sort of say to them, hey, look, I've got the original sort of tailpipes and wheels and all of that sort of stuff. I kind of think personally um, I wouldn't bother because I don't think you're going to fetch a better price for having have, like having stored those extra kind of little bits and pieces personally. Um, okay. I kind of get, I think it's because like I get that like, you know, they're all um, valuable kind of cars and all of that sort of stuff, but um we're not talking about cars that are made in such low volume that I reckon that that sort of thing matters as much. So when it comes to maybe 996s and 997s, unless it's like a crazy low mileage, you know, collector kind of quality car. But but Steve, let me, let me interrupt for a second. Wouldn't people have yeah, said okay. this about G-bodies when they, you know, that you're never going to get, when a G-body was 22,000 here in Australia, 24,000, 29,000 for a good one. Hmm. Would anyone have yeah. thought that it's going to be 200K? For that sort no, of just a base Carrera. Let's be honest, a G body as beautiful it is, it's a base Carrera. It's yes, a Carrera. it is, but it's much it, and then much a lower numbers than a 996. Like you're never going to get a 996 to go the same way as a G body. Like, okay, so we go back to the rarity thing, it's the numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like 996s are sold in massive numbers compared to like everything, every other thing out there. How many? 
no, I don't know, like, <laughs> but a lot, a lot more, like huge, huge amount more than a 964 or 993 or any of the kind of old air cools. Like, so that's to my, this is just my opinion. Like part of the reason why like a lot of these old air cools are valuable is partly because they're rare. Like they're hard to get, kind of get a hold of. 996 is, of course, like an original era kit or, you know, kind of interesting colour or whatever. Like, yes, there's going to be an argument to say that some of them are rare, but just generally they're not, they're not going to be so rare that like I would have thought that originality um, comes into play in terms okay. of like the actual kind of value, unless it's, unless it's kind of got like a thousand kilometres on it and then it's different for sure. But um, but isn't it, I mean, you say you can mm. reverse everything, right? And you would throw that at me because you've, you've done that. You've done mm. that with your 1M, you've done it with your... Uh, yep. You didn't really do it with your 993, did you? You sold it pretty much as is, the 993. You didn't really reverse anything there. I, I took some stuff off, but yeah. Because it was appealing in that form. But isn't it? You know, um, plus, it was a pain in the ass. Like I'd have to pay like considerable <laughs> money. Like I'm going to counter my own sort of thing. But it it you know would have cost considerable money to kind of get Auto House to you know strip everything off and put all the old bits on. And like okay, so talk about that as an example. One of them was the speakers. Remember the audio system in the 993. I put some really good AVI speakers and I put that good Becker unit and stuff. I kept the old things. But the old speakers had slightly perished, like the rubber, the rubber right. on the speakers and stuff. So I could have dropped them back in, but like, how dumb is that? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for the sake of like the principle of originality, to put the speakers that came from factory back into it, versus like what speakers that sound a hundred times better. You can't see them through the speaker grill. Blah 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 blah. Um, how does mm. that make sense to kind of stick for originality? Stick with the but is it is it that we've all gone? Is has Porsche gone too far? Right? Has it gone too far mm. with coloured wheels, with iron gold wheels, black wheels? Mm. You know, all these wheels and stuff. Let's just use wheels as a, an example, right? Yeah, sure. That you know, the silver wheel. Going back to a basic silver Porsche colour wheel. Yep. Is is a movement? It's a trend, right? There's a trend there that people are going back to just having silver wheels. Not everyone, not the masses, <clears throat> but the top of the triangle. People are starting to spec their cars, and you see it on Instagram. They're specking them with the silver wheels, you know, people that mm -hmm. in the know. So is it more special now to have your car, your 911? And I know it's about commonality, making it, you know, it becomes common. People think, you know, you're yep. common because you've got this 911 that looks like everyone else's 911, and it's not individual. Sure. <clears throat> but yep. is there this thing, this trend at the moment where it's still cooler? It's starting to be cooler to have an original 911 more than a fully modded one that loses some of that, that you know, pure uh, sort know. of essence yeah. of, of a Porsche. I think I understand what you're saying. Or, or is it model dependent where for you, like a GT3, it's okay to do yes. that because people who buy GT3s want to do that and people who buy GT3s, you know, don't have a problem buying one that's been slightly modded. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I don't have a read on the general, you know, like what everybody thinks, like whether you're reading forums or, you know, you kind of – grabbing everybody from a WhatsApp group and sort of going, or like your little experiment with um, your Instagram post about the yes. um, your Ginob, the Lathworks thing. Um, I don't really know if it's kind of becoming cooler to have your car be more as it came from the factory, if that's the kind of um, question. But I think, yeah, I just don't necessarily see 
if you're doing it for the sake of following that as a trend in itself versus like obviously my point of view is, well, if there are some things that you're doing to personalize your car, which might be different, but you enjoy it more or like you believe um, that there are some basic improvements that you can make to your car, like better suspension or a short shift kit, and you actually genuinely think that that makes that you can improve the performance aspect of the car from the factory. A lot of people kind of go, well, Porsche kind of spent billions on developing a car. How can, yes. how can somebody else engineer like, you know, the shift kit to be better than their short shift kit or the mm. suspension to be better? Like there is an argument that sort of says, yeah, but okay. they're still, they still had to kind of do that within the confines of mass manufacturing. Whereas, you know, like if you get like some little company mm. like Sharkworks or FD Motorsports or something mm. to spend a bit of time and now some knowledge kind of trying to improve it, they can potentially improve it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's easy to argue both sides. It is. And, and I'm, I'm probably coming from my direction here. Mm. Is that I don't know? Maybe maybe it's all the craziness in the world. Maybe it's what's happened over the past two years or whatever. But it's going back mm. to simpler things, right? And people are doing it yep. with where they live. People are moving from cities. They're going to country towns. They're going to rural areas. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a real tangent here. They're going yep. out on to rural areas, right? Yep. And it's kind of like you think about a car, right? You get a car, and it's like everyone that's chasing all these cars on and. Of course, they're rarer. I, I agree with you there. They're chasing cars and yep. bring a trailer or collecting cars, and they want originality. They want the originality. You know what I mean? And they'll, they'll, they'll uh, you know, have an issue if it's not completely original. Yeah. And I'm just going to go back to me, right? For me, yeah, I get this okay. feeling, and it happens with, with clothing. It happens with furniture. It happens with watches. It happens with everything. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll, the watch thing I'll just introduce because it's kind of the same thing. Sure. Steve knows this already, but, you know, I'm keen on getting a Cartier watch. Now, I never thought mm-hmm. I would get a Cartier watch. And a Cartier watch is a very simple watch. It's a very simple, elegant man's watch, right? It's not like a diver's watch or a Rolex watch or an AP or Royal Oaks or all these watches. It's a sim- it's very simple. And it's kind of a little mm-hmm. bit like Porsche. You buy Porsche because you want that originality. You want that you want that pureness oh, of the car. Oh, you mean the classic look. <laughs> yeah, the classy look, the pureness of the car. Yep. Now, the under yep. underneath things, I guess, like if you do suspension or you do exhaust, it's not really seen. But I'm thinking about when you look at the car, you know, and this has started with my anti-tint sort of thing in my head. Yeah. And it started yep. with the exhaust tips and just having that simplicity where the car is just original. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, people are saying, well, that will just look boring, right? Maybe it will look boring. I don't know. But it's that, it's just keeping it, keeping it to the original, you know what I mean? And making it, it's not even about originality. It's more about, what is it? Simplicity, Steve. You know, it's like the watch thing. You know, it's just going back to a watch that just tells yeah. the time. It doesn't do anything else, you know. I'd still go back to just do do what makes you happy, basically. Because if you kind of have an appreciation, if you sort of go to your eyes and to your aesthetic and taste that um, the original look to you looks better, then obviously do it. Um, but then but. Uh, if, if you kind of go, well, actually, I like, you know, um, E88, you know, BBS wheels, um, blah, 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 um, then obviously do it kind of thing. Because it's funny, like the one thing that, and it came up in a conversation on the WhatsApp thing, the WhatsApp group the other day um, where Stephen Tipples mentioned he drove my, he test drove my old 993. Right. I and I know he mentioned it, he mentioned it on um, his uh, owner's chat story thing with you. Yes. 
Um, and I just sort of recalled the recently um, the auto house um, sales guys had mentioned to me that they had a prospective owner when it was back on the market that was considering like liked the car and was considering kind of putting it back to original. There you go. And they sort of said to me, and I had sort of said the same thing to them, which was like, mm, really? That's kind of crazy. Um, like apart from, yes, for sure, like spraying the wheels back to silver, I think would like improve it now from where it's at. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, things like the PSS9 coilovers and, um, you know, like it had um, genuine um, turbo exhaust chips, which are really kind of expensive. And there, there were ver- various aesthetic things to that car which I had kind of done and like obviously that particular owner would have preferred an original car yes that's all cool I'm not sort of saying that 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 owner can you know do and want what they want but that was the wrong car for them um and I would kind of go why on earth would you kind of pull away all of this stuff off that car that arguably made it perform better um the looks bit is you know subjective but um I don't really know why you would kind of do that to that kind of car. Now, part of this conversation on the WhatsApp group too is like, I know that at the time when I sold that car, I had narrowed the market massively because I had tinkered with the thing. And arguably, I think it would have been easy to sell that car if it was closer to original than what it was. And I kind of wonder whether or not the market sort of may have moved and maybe... um, more kind of tinkered with cars maybe maybe a little bit more acceptable on a 993 these days or even like mm. a 964 maybe because I just find I it know. a funny kind of little mindset where a lot of people kind of go, oh, I want an absolutely original car, but then they're going to go and mod it. They're going to go and put, you know, E88s on it or Bilstein coilovers or whatever else. Um, and it just makes some people feel more secure that it hasn't been tinkered with in inverted commas, but they are still wanting to kind of do it themselves. Mm. Like, so I don't know the fascination with sort of as per the factory originality. Um, like, you know, if I went and sold my GT3 right now as it was, like I'm sure I would have narrowed the market because I'm sure that the pool of, you know, potential 997 GT3 buyers will again want something that's more original. Um, but you could still argue that some of the mods that I have done to my car could make it better or that a new prospective owner like my mate that just kind of bought his or, you know, any yeah. um, sort of 997 GT3 owner might actually kind of want to do the same stuff to it. So what makes it, you know, like I'm poor choice of words, but a worse car? It's just a funny kind of little mindset kind of going on there. Yeah. Do, I mean, do you know what I mean? Like. And there have been, you know, um, with the GT3, you know, people have bought oh. GT3s that have been slightly modded and it's been all okay. Oh. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it, and it's hard because, you know, people who are looking at, and I guess with a 993 or 964, I'll be honest with you, if I was looking for a 993 or 964 and I was going to pay that amount of money that they're asking for them now, yep. I'd actually want a pretty much base car. Like if it had a, you know, three-stage fister or two-stage fister or an exhaust on it, I wouldn't be bothered or it had new shocks, I wouldn't worry me. But I'd want it still pretty original, I think. And I think it, it's the price that dictates that. I really do. I think a price dictates it. And I think this is what I, why I come back to the 996 and 997. We have to talk about value, Steve, unfortunately. But you, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. There's a lot of numbers, right? There's a lot of cars produced. There's more cars produced than G-series, long hoods, 
you know, yep. um, air cooled in general. Yep. But you still have to come back to the point that the prices have jumped so quickly. And in the US too, then in Europe, they've jumped so quickly in UK. Yep. That you have to think now when you buy one of these cars, what you're going to, how you're going to mess with it. You know what I mean? And I'm guessing there's people who are buying cars, especially in markets like the UK where they were really cheap, that have already got mm. mods on them, you know? Like people put ducktails on them and, you know, done silly things like that and resprayed them in silly, silly colors, you know? And yeah. I guess that, I guess that, you know, would you buy that car? Would you buy that car now if it's, if it was a 10,000 pound car and now it's a 30,000 pound car? I don't know if you would. I uh, see what you're saying. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know if you would. And I think that's the problem with, with, changing things too much from the original and you know there's always mods to avoid let's be honest you know yeah some things are super polarizing like a ducktail like an aftermarket ducktail is obviously kind of like a bigger kind of thing i guess i'm sort of talking more like things like wheels exhaust you know short shift kits performance suspension. performance yeah. under the hood things you're talking about yeah yeah, so. yeah because I like when you just sort of said if you were in the market for a 993 or a 964 you would probably prefer it to be closer to original if I was on the market because they're such old cars now like I wouldn't want I wouldn't want the standard suspension on a 993 or a 964 like I definitely want um and I would kind of go if the previous owner had put the old is it Bogues, I think, are on a nine nine three suspension. I'd kind of go like, "Fuck, I don't want that." I'd actually want Bilstein's <laughs> or KW's. Like, why have you put yeah. like what were kind of crap, you know, um, struts, um, suspension, shock absorbers in the car when you had the opportunity to kind of put better quality ones in there? Yeah, and I guess it's all, it, it is about taste. It is about putting the right thing, isn't it? Mm. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, and you know, like we said, there's mods to avoid replica wheels. I read this somewhere. I don't know where I read it. Replica wheels. Yep. yep. Um, I added this one. Weird wheel colors. Like people want to paint the wheels in red or white or blue or green. White's okay yep. though. You know, you know you're going <laughs> to... I yep. worry about my wheel color. I worry about my, my nah, wheel color. Because someone actually... I'm not going to mention who it was. Someone actually made a comment to me about my wheel color and questioned why I chose that color. And it was like... I didn't realize yeah. until afterwards. I thought, oh, you mean you're questioning me because you think it's really bad? Or you, you're asking me because you think it's really good? And I never really worked out what they were actually asking me. I think they were saying it because they thought it was really bad. Yeah, Why I, would know, I, do that not, color? I know you're not raising that or the Instagram thing about the Lathworks thing in that regard, but I just kind of go, oh, it's your car, do whatever you want. Like, it, for sure, it's cool. Like, in this day and age, you can't avoid, like, if you're going to post something on Instagram, you're going to get like a billion opinions but, um, from every man and his dog, which they're entitled to. But yeah. I still just go, yeah, do whatever you want, do what makes you happy. Okay, but if you go to Auto Trader or you go to, you know, sites in the US, yep. car, whatever that's called, the site in the US, I can't think of it, car sales, and you see a 996, you know, mm-hmm. and it's got this aftermarket body kit on it, you know, they painted the wheels green. It's, it's, a, it's a silver no, car. They painted the wheels that, green. It's got an aftermarket yep. body kit. It's got a steering wheel that's been retrimmed in Alcantara, but the Alcantara is really terrible and they've, they've put sure. some special logo in the center of the steering wheel, you know, yep. and they've got a PCM unit in there that's not factory and doesn't fit properly. You would look at it and go, you look at the next one, right? You wouldn't look at that car. Oh, of course. But you're talking Especially about now with the like price really as well. bad if it was- mods. Like pretend that was, pretend it's a, a well-modded car, more like that um, CSR thing out of RPM Technic um, in the UK. Yeah. So that's a like a supposedly well-modded 996. Now, I don't necessarily agree that that thing should be more valuable. Like I don't think that that should command the same price as a GT3. Yeah. But I don't. I don't think that all of a sudden 
I, I can understand why a lot of people seem to walk away from modded cars, but I also would kind of go, yeah, cool. Like if you like the mods, um, particularly like the aesthetic ones that have to be to your own taste. Um, but like a lot of the performance ones where, in my opinion, like you kind of have improved on what was like, say with my 993, I kind of go, this is the standard suspension in 993 is way too high and way too soft. And it spoils the experience. That car right. can be so much nicer to drive when you drive it on, um, you know, a nicer set of shocks. Um, yeah. So like, you know, I just, it, it still surprises me that some people have an aversion to a modded car um, for the, for the fact or the principle that it's modded. Mm. But when that, is that point, all. right? When is the tipping yeah, point? When is that tipping point when the age of a car, when you shouldn't, you know, age and purism, I don't know if that's what Do you, you call there it. Is? When is there a tipping think- point? That, the age of a car, like your 996, 997, let's go back to the 996, yep. 997. Is there an age of when the 996 gets to a certain age or is it a value? Is it a value or is it an age? Yeah. Is there a tipping point? There, where you have to say to anything to do with age, yeah. Even though it's reversible, should it should you not mess with it, or should you put it back and say, okay, I've got this nine nine six I bought, I did all these things to it fifteen years ago. Now this car is worth you know two hundred thousand Australian. It should be like an air cool now. It should go back to its original condition. Is there a is there a point there where you think it? I mean, of course, inflation comes in and things aren't really worth what they're worth because inflation, right? So it doesn't really make much difference. But you know, your buying power hasn't increased. Age related? Like maybe it's not age related. I don't know. Like I think that like for for you to hold that sort of for a nine nine six, like I think you've got a long time to kind of go. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't think we're close to that kind of period. Um, and like a slightly different tangent as well. I thought maybe one of the good things about say a nine nine six or even a nine nine seven generation nine um, eleven is that because they were made in larger numbers, because they weren't quite so valuable, um, isn't it cool that you therefore become less conscious like the Ferrari crowd mm. and you do have the ability to kind of mess with it the way yeah, that you, you want to and not, not worry so much about all of that sort of so-called pressure to um, keep mm. it original? Mm. Like isn't it a good thing that you might not want to, but at least you don't devalue the hell out of it by being able to kind of do that. Yeah. And I guess, you know, when you, when you get into a 997, especially when even I got yeah. into it, you know, the, one of the selling points in a way was the fact that there's all these things you can do to it. You know, you could. And I'm going back, you know, this is five years now. Remember my car, I've had it now for sure. to, actually today, five years. Picked it up five years ago. Um, yeah. yep. And 1st of February it is today. You know, okay. and, and those things, you know, you know, that were exciting. You could do because so many parts, you know, all the things you introduced me to, you know, carbon, and mm. all the other stuff you could die, buy. Like there's an endless supply <laughs> yep. of things you can do. But the thing yep. is when you buy these parts and you put them in, yep. does, do you still think mm, maybe I shouldn't have done that? You know, maybe, and I know you say it's reversible, so it's all okay. But if it's not reversible, obviously it's a bigger problem, and it's oh, reversible, it's saying, okay. But I, you know, like I you have, have that feeling, thoughts. like, oh, have I done the wrong thing? Have I messed with it? You know, I put the lid liner in. I go, oh, have I done the wrong thing? Have I messed with it? It's just a lid liner. You know, it's just in my head all the time. And I think this is the thing about maybe it's just about owning a nine eleven and owning something with such history and stuff. Like you don't want to, you know, ask me use the word again, bastardize it. If you're talking specifically, say like. Just call it the lead liner for a second. I think personally then 
you're thinking about it too hard because that really is reversible sort of thing. Like, you know, you can't see it blow. And I know you're not being that sort of, um, uh, you're not sort of saying that that definitively kind of thing. No, but no. you don't think about the it for very long. It's just a thought. It. You just get every time you yeah, add yeah, something yeah. to your car, you, the thought gets yep. in your head, and you throw it away pretty quickly. And you go, oh, it's nothing. You yep. just pull it out. Oh, that's nothing. I know what you're no. saying. Like I, but see, like I don't think it's that far a progression when you start kind of playing with a different, you know, putting uh, Weiss Gold wheels on my GT3. Like that car never came with that exact color, but that color was obviously a factory color and it was on the RS version. So that's my way of justifying it. And I like the color and it made it slightly different from silver. Yep. Um, yep. But do I kind of go, oh shit, like um, have I done something really bad to that car or have I devalued it or whatever else? Yep. I really do. I still just kind of go, oh, no, I don't like it. Take it off or respray them. A respray is like, you know, 1200 bucks. It's not, it's not the end of the world. And some people will say, I've tried to make my car a Carrera S, you know what I mean? I'm one of these people who's tried to make it look like a more expensive version than it is, which I haven't really. That wasn't oh, the whole because point. of the tips? You mean because of the exhaust tips? Because of the tips and because of the Carrera S wheels. Oh, I see. No, yeah, no, I don't, I don't see it like that. I just, I still just kind of go, I like the way that your car looks. I like the wheels. I like the tips. I don't mind the old tips for what it's worth. I actually quite like the shape and how it fills out. What about the, the price um, of those old tips? That's why the I sent them to you yesterday. Can you believe crazy. that? Just so everyone knows, those, the tips that come on the standard 997 Carrera, the oval ones, yeah. are, what are they, 350 pounds per tip? Per tip. Is, That's, that doesn't include VAT on Design 911, by the way. You have to add another 20% on top. So 20% on top. Yeah. So that's 400, 400 odd pounds, 800 Australian, you know, 500 US or 550 US per tip. Crazy money. Which is crazy mental like and i'm i'm not trying to sound like a smart ass but i'm sure that on gumtree i feel the same as um the x97 conversation the x97 gear knob thing um mm. where i'm sure like in australia here like over the past few years because i'm constantly trawling ebay gumtree you know facebook marketplace everywhere just like for fun i'm looking at all I the kind so of bored. used parts <laughs> all of that stuff kind of like those tailpipes and that X97 um, gear knob um, came up a couple of times really cheap here. You know, I like saw those... the one you posted of the knob that was really cheap, that one you found. Yeah, it was super cheap. Like, and I bought, like, I bought a carbon kind of uh, gear knob. My, I've got two factory gear knobs. I bought a carbon one that was the same, identical to the one that um, came with the car. I paid like $130 for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and I, look, showing my age, because this is obviously within the last eight years, but um, those tailpipes, the original tailpipes in your car, like if you wait long enough, it'll come up on Gumtree cheap, um, yeah. maybe not as cheap as what I remember. And the X97 might be a little bit rarer, but I do remember that coming up ages ago because I looked at it and sort of thought, oh, should I, should I get that? Because it was only like a couple of hundred dollars, but I didn't like the look of it, so I didn't. Yeah. So how are we going to end um, that, Steve? Where do we end? I don't know. Originality. <laughs> originality. Keeping um, your 996, 997 original. I can see why people... Not important. Yeah, no, no, no. It's not that it's not important. I can see why people think about it, but I, I would still go, well, look, it's your car. Do what you want. And if it does worry you, just do things that are reversible. Um, like if you're kind of thinking about it from a value point of view. But if, if you like, if you like the idea and the look of original, um, your car, do it. Like, you know, absolutely. All right. Recommendation. <laughs> I didn't give my recommendation from before. Go. 
I'm going to give a recommendation. Yeah. And I saw this on a video. I saw it on Harry's Garage, actually. Um, and then yeah. I had a bit of a search for it, and it looks like it's a reasonable book. It's a Porsche book. I had it bookmarked ages ago, and I never bought it. And it's out. Of, I think it's out of print because I want the original cover. It's for yeah. uh, Porsche uh, 911, Porsche 911 story. Have you got that one, Steve? Paul. Paul Freer? Freer, yeah. Paul Freer is an engineer, a writer, and a former top racing car driver. Steve's going to pull it out of his bookcase, of course. He's got it. I've never read it. Virtually every Porsche 911 variant. Apparently, it's a really good book. I've been searching this. It's to get the original cover. Have you got the original cover with the white martini one on the front? I don't know. I used to kind of buy all these books, but I never read any of them, (laughs) like the Hans Metzger story, like whatever. Oh, it's supposed to be good, too. Genius and... Anyway, this one is Porsche. While Steve's looking, he's going to show me the cover. Porsche 911 story. Oh, I can't find it. Paul Ferrer, is it? Yeah. Um, and it's all about Porsches. I think it's been updated. You want the cover with the white, uh, with the martini livery um, like turbo on the front. Um, I'm going to buy one. I like the older books. I think it's been updated, though. I saw it on um, A Books or something, and it said it has been updated, but it's still got that cover. Some of them don't have that cover. Right. But remember when I bought that? I bought a Ferrari book. I think I said about it yeah. ages ago. I bought a Ferrari book yeah, in yeah. London. And it's a yep. really good, you know, I know it's Ferrari, but it's a V8, V8 Ferraris. And it's a great book. And it was a used book and it was so expensive on some sellers, like ridiculous amount of money. And I found it on eBay, I think, or through a eBay through a bookshop in the UK that sold just automobile books. It's a great mm-hmm. book. And I bought that and I was looking at it again the other day. And some of these old motoring books are a little bit, they're a bit nicer, Steve. It's like some of the books today have lost it. They're all about... More about p- pretty pictures and not so much about the content. Uh, and some of these yeah, ones with like the content the are just story? the story yeah. is actually kind of nicer. You know, the the picture ones are good and you get bored with them very quickly. I don't know. I like the You're ones. Just with making the story. me think, like, because back in the day, like way back in the day, like nine six four and nine nine three days for me, I um, remember there used to be that old bookshop in Sydney called Motor Books in Cremorne. I used to go there all the time and just pick really? up old 911 Porsche books. It's not there anymore. I don't know if this right. is a website that's replaced it. But um, so, yeah, I used to kind of just go and buy those things. But the God's honest truth is I used to buy them just for the sake of buying them and I've never read any of them. <laughs> well, you've got to look at some of those books now, like the price these books go up to, they just go crazy. Okay. Yeah, some of the old ones are really, really um, collectible. Yeah. Obviously, the other really good Porsche book before we go is that Porsche Excellence was expected. I still want that. It was updated in 2019, the full book set. Do you have that? Um, no, I don't have that. That's really it's, expensive. It's gone it? up in price. I think it's about $700 Australian now. $700 mm-hmm. Australian. So, But it's a full volume set, 2019. Oh, you've got that. that for Christmas. Oh, right. Cool. I haven't read it yet. I'm just showing Michael. It's yeah. called Porsche Home. Porsche books are the great. Christophorus edition. Yeah, that's a good one. I haven't got it. It's big and heavy, so I didn't buy it in London. Yeah. Porsche books are great. I mean, it's a, it's a good thing to have. You should, if you don't have any Porsche books, you should definitely buy some. Um, don't just stick to Porsche either. Some of the, and honestly, some of those old Ferrari books are really interesting to read. Um, that V8 Ferrari one is actually a really, really good book of all the V8s. Yeah, right. Steve, cool. have we done for today? I think that's it. Yeah, sure. I had a long okay. chat. It's almost an hour and a half. What else? Anything else before again? we go? No. Did I Anything ranch else? again? No. What are you What are you going to do now? You're going to go for a drive. You're going to go start up the GT3 and hear the exhaust and think, "Hey, by the way, I'm not going to." quote where i've seen it but your mm. exhaust tips are really so much better than other people's gt3 exhaust tips <laughs> that's all i'll say steve's exhaust tips st- have a look at i don't think they're on his instagram the standard the standard tips are kind of a bit piddly steve's um, tips look amazing yeah they figured it out when they um beautiful when they did the um the next gen on all right that's it thanks mate cool cheers mate have a good week you too 
All right, everyone. Um, long one today, almost an hour and a half. Wow. Um, okay, that's it. <laughs> what are we doing? Are we going? We're going. We're going. <laughs> this is where you read the. Uh, Steve's looking the at me. Steve's looking at me. I don't know if he's. That's it. We're finished. Can we say goodbye again. I, I thought you were about to say something. <laughs> I, well, there's a point where I say goodbye and then I shut up, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Porsche School podcast. That's Steve coming in from Sydney. My name is Michael Bath. That's it for today. Bye for now.